Welcome to Promo Insiders, the ASI media podcast that covers the issues that matter most to the promotional products industry, from hard-hitting news to fun trends and analysis. I'm Teresa Hegel, Executive Editor of of Digital Content, and today I'm speaking with Stephen Farrig of Campus Inc. in Illinois to learn more about how he's grown his screen printing shop over the last few years, and also how a recent investment from Mark Cuban will help support that growth. So thanks for joining us, Stephen. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, like I've, I think I've talked to you a bunch of times over the years, and I'm always impressed by how, like, the new things that you're doing, and just kind of the way the way your business has kind of grown. Um, oh, but before I start asking questions, I do want to mention if anyone has any comments or questions, uh, please feel free to put them in the chat, and we'll kind of get to them as we have time. But I, I just want to start out with. Uh, maybe you can kind of go over the history of Campus Inc. and how you started out with them and some of the ways you've kind of helped and adapt, helped adapt and evolve the company. Yeah. So I uh, I went to the University of Illinois and I started selling apparel in college um, for various events on campus. And I needed someone to print for me. So I went to the local print shop at the time. It was called Campus Sportswear. Uh, mom and pop shop. We ran a, a, there ran a single auto Lawson Trooper on a second floor. And I got to know the owners really well um, to the point where by the time I graduated, uh, I decided to join them in business. So day after I graduated, I joined Campus Sportswear. Um, And uh, at the time, I don't know, business did just south of a million bucks, a couple employees. And uh, that was now seven years ago. So we rebranded the company as Campus Inc. Um, We've taken more of a national focus working with college students around the country um, decorating apparel in the fraternity and sorority space, um, but uh, really expanding the business. So that's kind of how it started. I didn't start pulling a squeegee or anything like that. I definitely started from a, a sales and marketing focus. Did you ever think that this is what you would be doing? Like, why, like, how did, like, why did it become, why is this like your thing now? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, I went to school, you know, you don't go off to college to get a degree and and out, you know, become a, a t-shirt printer. Um, that's every kid's dream. <laughs> um, I fell into it and I chased it and I, I kept doing it and I realized it was fun. Um, and I realized it, you know, it was a fragmented um, piece of technology and you know, that there was a lot that could be done in the industry. And so I came from an engineering background and decided this would be really, really fun to to get into. And uh, my parents supported me. So I uh, I decided to get into it. And every day I pinch myself and it's like, is this, is this, you know, it's kind of crazy. So yeah. no. Clue. Um, and, and you bring up a good point about it being kind of a fragmented industry. Um, I think, you know, screen printers and promotional products companies, you know, has you know, traditionally it has been very fragmented and, you know, it has been very averse to kind of modernizing and getting into technology. I think the last few years with, with the pandemic, I think a lot of companies have had to, you know, evolve and, and kind of lean into and embrace technology. But I, I think there's a lot of companies in this industry that are still kind of inefficient, maybe using kind of archaic methods. So what kind of advice do you have for people in you know, printing companies or promo companies about how they need to stay competitive and kind of embrace technology? Yeah. So I always tell shops it's 2022. We order our coffee from an app. We log in to watch. We don't have cable subscriptions anymore. You know, we take taxis from an app and we live on our on our mobile devices. And it's kind of a adapt or, or fizzle out uh, more or less. And that's the new the new generation just expects that 
And so uh, it's up to us as decorators in the industry to get with the times um, because it's definitely a dated industry. It's a dated craft. It's a lot of old family businesses. And with generations in society that are so used to the technology that we use every day, um, you're, you're kind of you're going to be on the backside of it if you don't adapt. And with the amount of technology that's out there today, it's really easy for businesses to adapt. I'd say years ago, you'd need engineers and you know tech people on your team. And now there's an app for everything and there's an app for everything in business. So uh, for those that are scared of it, you kind of have to just jump in and, and, and see what's out there. So yeah. 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 But I mean, I think that is one of the nice things is that you don't have to become an expert on this, but you just have to be willing to to try these things out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, th I think like, you know, uh, I was just at uh, Atlantic City talking to shops and I talked to a couple of shops and they were very like absolute about things, you know, oh, I won't use that technology because the credit card fees are one percent higher. But that technology enables you to have so much more sales. So there's a cost of using technology. I won't use that app because it's a hundred bucks a month. But that app is how you get, you know, five star reviews on Google, right? And so mm -hmm. there's a cost to using technology. But you know, you have to kind of go in with the mindset that it's not going to be perfect. You're figuring it out as you go. You're going to make mistakes, and you're you're going to keep trying over and over and over again. You know, mm -hmm. so there's definitely a mindset shift. Um, to be curious with technology that I think is really important. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it is a good point that you can't just look at, you know, the the cost of it because the, the there's so much more to it. So if, if it costs you like $100 a month or whatever the price is, but you're getting so many other benefits, then it's not just like, oh, this is just costing me money. Mm -hmm. So there is like a whole kind of, you know, realm of things you have to look at before you just say, no, this isn't for me. So yeah. Um, you know, I think we talked about this a little already, but, you know, Campus Inc. has been growing and I know you guys moved into a bigger facility a few years ago. So like, mm -hmm. how do you kind of plan for expansion? Um, and like, what kind of, how do you like have a growth strategy without like growing too fast? Like what, what is kind of the, the method behind how you guys have approached growing the business? Yeah. So I think, um, in my earlier years, it was about having the biggest building with the most amount of equipment and printing everything in house and, um, you know, being able to do everything under one roof. And, uh, what I quickly learned over the past several years is it's actually like leveraging what you have and then what you also don't have and, and using this industry as, as, as elastic as it is to your benefit. And that's where we've said, we're going to be a sales marketing and technology company first, and we'll be printers second. Um, meaning, you know, there are other printers out there that are arguably better than us. Um, we're not the best printers out there, uh, but it's important to work with one another and leverage that. And so if we're really good at printing something in-house, but we're not good at doing SIM process, there are hundreds of contractors out there that have digital squeegees and know how to do all those things. So, you know, we don't say no to customers. We figure out a way to get it done. Um, and that might not always be under our roof and that's totally okay. So, you know, our growth strategy has been you know, do what we can in-house, but don't let that inhibit sales. Let's find other partners to work with each other. And, you know, that's why we expanded promo products. You know, that's that's the perfect example of, of leveraging, you know, um, the industry. So that's been kind of our strategy. And it, it lets me sleep at night knowing we're going to be able to get things done if we oversell. Right, right. So it's not about like, you know, buying a bunch of equipment and, and hoping you'll get customers. It's about getting the, the jobs and customers and figuring out how to fulfill it. 
Yeah, totally. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Okay. So, you know, one thing that you guys have uh, moved into is the, the name image likeness um, space with college sports. Why, why was that the, an area that you guys were suited to, to tackle? Yeah. So um, part of our business model, our mission is like we teach and educate design to our students. We enhance the brand of ourselves and others, and we develop people. You'll see that design brand people, that's that those are our values. And we do that with college students. Um, we work with about 150 students across the country, and each one of them has an Adobe Illustrator subscription. Yep. We pay for everyone's Adobe. We train them in AI. We teach them design and we enable them to sell. Um, by doing this, it obviously opens up volumes of, of sales and everything like that. But when we started working with athletes, the formula was almost the same, you know, except the athletes focusing on their sport. They're not selling to the fraternities, they're selling to their fans. Um, and we're helping them with their design. So the fact that we'd put hundreds of thousands of dollars into students' pockets selling apparel, we were able to kind of transition that into athletes. And now we have a whole solution for a college campus, not just the clubs, but also the teams as well. So it was a really easy um, transition. Well, I shouldn't say the word easy. We're working on it right now. Uh, but it, it made sense to us. And, and more importantly, it fit our vision and our values and, and what we're all about as putting our students first. Um, and now we've got to just build a way to figure out how to do it. And, and that's what we're doing right now. So um, the irony of name, image, and likeness is I didn't know a ton about it. A mm-hmm. student brought it to my attention because our student was actively selling to athletes and came to me with this problem saying, what do I do? The athlete said yes. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, c- cool. We'll figure out a way to do it. And, and that's how it all ballooned. So it really started with students talking to students. Um, and that's that's why it fits and feels right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of an organic thing almost. And I think it makes like, because you guys are already in that market, like it's very authentic. You probably have that trust level that maybe some other companies going in wouldn't have. Yeah. I mean, uh, the four individuals that manage our students around the country, they started in our shop learning when they were undergrads. So the things that they're teaching their teams are very authentic. And I think having you know such a backbone of a team that's like rooted in education that believes what we believe it doesn't feel like we're just throwing something against a wall and seeing what sticks this is this is real stuff and this is where we came from and that's kind of where i came from i started selling in college so um it it it, we try to feel as genuine as possible uh, by doing that and, and making sure that we stick to those and that's really really important to us yeah so as far as you said that you know you didn't really know much about nil to, to begin with, like how, how much of a learning curve has it been to figure this whole area out? Yeah. So legislation passed in July and I'd kind of heard about it a little bit and um, I knew a little bit about it, um, but I really, I saw it break, you know, as the news was breaking. And so once the student reached out to me, his name's Joey, and he said, hey, hey I want to work with athletes. I immediately called one of my really good friends um, who's a professor at Northwestern in sports and now our new director of athlete development at Campus Inc., Adam Cook. And I called him up and I said, what the heck is going on? What do we do? And he started explaining to me there's like lots of legislation and rules in place about what you can and can't do. The last thing I wanted to do was take an athlete that I was a fan of and make them ineligible to play basketball. Right, right. So I immediately started talking to the athletic directors and just learning and reading and figuring out, you know, the laws and the licensing and everything like that. We are still learning every single day because legislation is passing every single day. 
there are federal rules and there's local rules and there's college rules. So there's like different levels of jurisdiction and there's different things that the universities can and can't do. There's different things you can do with licensing, group rights, everything. So I'm learning curiously like every single day. But the one thing I will say is everyone in the NIL community is learning together mm -hmm. and, and we're all figuring it out as we go. And we've got conferences spinning up and meetups and calls like everyone is very curious about it and, and no one has all the answers. It'd be silly to say anyone's figured it out. Yeah. yeah. So and you guys started out focusing on um, is it the University of Illinois? Yeah, I went to Illinois. Uh, we run an e-commerce brand that was called the Illini Store. Um, we had started that up because we have the retail licenses um, and we're able to print for them. So we spun that up a couple of years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, once NIL came into the picture, we're like, wait a second, we ran this for the last year. It did really well. How do we activate our athletes on here as well? So um, we've we've all of our casework has been around the University of Illinois and building out a solution for all of all of those players and then taking that and replicating it on other college campuses. So Illinois is has been our case study for sure. And it's been successful for you or for the for the athletes? Yeah, we've made our basketball team over eighty thousand dollars in the regular season. Um, and that's, you know, through direct income, um, of revenue sharing on every t-shirt that they sell. And more importantly, it's been fun for the team. They have fun dropping their merch and their jerseys and, and all that stuff. And now we've got basically athletes across the country that we're replicating this with. So that's our goal is to have other schools, you know, we'll help them build out this solution, but, um, it doesn't mean we still can't work with an athlete on another college campus. So, right. yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So we do have a question from uh, Missy. She asks, how do you get to be able to do Nike or Adidas sports apparel? Yeah, we, we don't really mess with that right now um, because Nike and Adidas are still working out all of their NIL agreements. Now, depending on the school, if it's a Nike school or an Adidas school, that's usually for the, like their replica jerseys. Um, and that's still a work in progress that's happening. Um, as a licensed retailer, I can buy Nike products and sell them on the store. That means I might not decorate them. Mm -hmm. um, but the the co-licensing and the legislation, Nike's, Nike and Adidas are still figuring out because they're giants right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. so the best thing, so the best thing is to maybe kind of avoid it till you, till it's kind of worked out and not get into any kind of issues or trouble. Yeah. 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 I think like Nike and Adidas are going to work on some sort of deal that is going to allow decorators and retailers to to work on nil but until they have that figured out i know they're backlogged for years um that they're still working under yeah. so yeah. uh luckily there's so many other you know brands and you know items that you can decorate yeah, on that are totally mm -hmm. good quality so. yeah yeah totally um so i know like obviously the reason i kind of am reaching out to you is because of this whole big mark cuban you know news um you know a couple of weeks ago, there was the announcement that he was investing in in your company. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about how that happened and you know what he's doing to help you know campusing grow? Sure, 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 sure. So um, we've always said we're a technology and marketing company first, and we're apparel decorators second. So I've kind of thought about raising funds over the last couple of years and raising capital to really try and ramp this thing up and ramp our student designer program, as we call it. Um, when NIL came out and we saw that we we were doing something really well and special, I really thought about raising money again. And it really like dawned on me in the fall 
like if I'm first to market and I can do a good job and I can build a platform, like maybe we have something here. Um, so I started meeting with advisors and mentors and I have some advisors at the University of Illinois um, that kind of just like talked to me and said, hey, you know, it's not necessarily about raising you know millions and dollars and doing that. It might be more about finding a strategic partner or someone that can help turn the knobs up for you. And I thought, you know, like someone said, oh, it'd be cool if you could work with Mark Cuban. And as a kid watching Shark Tank and a basketball fan, I'm like, yeah, that would be sweet. <laughs> so uh, I started throwing around feelers. I actually talked to a couple of people. I was like, hey, you know anyone at Cuban's companies? And they're like, good one. Everyone wants to work with Mark. <laughs> and so I went down a rabbit hole one night and I read that Mark actually opens his emails and responds. And so I sent him a cold email on a Friday night. Uh, we went back and forth and we had an offer by Sunday. And that's kind of how it happened. So I literally... Was sending it on, on a Friday, was that like a strategic move or just happened to be when you sent it? I have no idea what got into me. I was like, yeah, if you don't, if you don't ask, they can't say no. True. You know? True. And so I figured I just maybe it was lucky that it was Friday and I said... Actually, at the bottom of the email, I said, maybe this is the best way to get a hold of you on Friday night at 10 o'clock. <laughs> uh, and sure enough, he answered. We went back and forth and he brought his team in um, to kind of do due diligence and stuff. That happened around the holidays and we closed in March. So it was about 90 days um, from offer to close. And so what what is he helping you guys do? Like, what is the the plan Um you know, for the future and, and how is he helping you guys get there? Yeah. So Mark is a, you know, if, if people follow him, he puts his athletes first, you can see what he does with the Mavs. Like he really believes in entrepreneurship and, 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 and you know, helping people out. And so, um, no, we're not going on shark tank, but this is sort of like a deal. Similarly, uh, he gave us a financial investment for a small minority of the company in return, we're going to take that investment, infuse it into the business, spend it on sales, marketing, and technology um, in you know the NIL and the student space. So um, our goal is to work with college students, college athletes, continuing to build college brands. That's just what we're going to do. And obviously, his name helps. I'm not going to lie and tell you that it doesn't. Um, we're able to get a lot of open introductions and you know, uh, you know, everyone seems to flock to you mm -hmm. and want to help out and want to meet and stuff. So uh, we're going to use that to our advantage. Uh, but at the at the root of it, uh, I email Mark once a week. He fires back uh, a couple comments, some wisdom. Hey, watch out for this. Hey, don't do this. Uh, and it's, it's just like working with a mentor. Um, and that's really like some of the greatest advice is I get to talk to a billionaire once a week. Yeah. And, <laughs> just just learn. And it's something he's passionate about too. He's passionate about sports. So we can we can talk about the same thing when we're talking about that stuff, you know? So yeah. 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 I mean, it's one of those things where like at first glance, it seems kind of random that he would be, you know, investing in you guys. But then when you think about it more, it makes total sense. Um, yeah. And and he was a student entrepreneur at Indiana. Yeah. Right. Like he he got his start, you know, uh, you know, in college and he was broadcasting IU basketball games and that's broadcast.com. So if you go back, 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 back and really see his story, he was a he was a salesperson. He was a hustler. He was a tech guy. And, you know, uh, he's he's obviously believing in us to sort of do the same. Um, so yeah, it, awesome. it's it's yeah, it's a dream. Cool. So. Just to, to kind of wrap things up, what other advice do you have for, for screen printers and, and promo distributors? What are some steps they could be taking to kind of modernize, be more nimble, um, and just kind of 
thrive in in the current environment yeah so at the end of the day we're all printing the same products you know generally speaking we buy from the same companies we use the same equipment you know we all buy from a couple different ink manufacturers we can all buy the same things so what makes us grow what makes us better it comes down to like the experience that we give our customers and so we say how do we and my advice is how do you reduce the amount of friction that you have with your market and how do you make it as easy as possible for people to order from you um, for us at campus inc that's response times in under an hour if you email us we're going to answer fast and i mean really fast if the phone rings we're going to pick it up um, if you know someone has a problem, we're going to fix it right away and we're not going to think twice about it because loyalty is built in resolution at Campus Inc. Um, and that's, that's what we do. We try to reduce the amount of friction for our customers and figure out how to make it as easy as possible. While we're doing that, we are risk takers. We are adventure seekers. We try things out. Um, and we always say like, we're in a fun business of event planning for people of like t-shirts are a fun thing and we should make them as fun as possible so the other part of campus inc you'll hear is we throw the party uh whether it's building a pop-up store in downtown chicago uh doing a merch drop doing a live activation you know t-shirts should be fun and we want people to understand that we have fun doing it too inside out so if you make it fun and 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 take it lightly and Make it as quick as possible for your customers. There's no reason why your business isn't going to grow. So yeah. yeah, that'd be my advice. I like that too because you're right. T-shirts are are fun and they should be. But so many times you hear of you know people trying to you know get their orders in and it's not fun for them. So if it's not fun for the customer, like that's a big problem. Yeah, and and we say like, can we turn our customers into heroes? No one in an organization, it's their main job to order shirts. It got thrown on their desk. So if you can take it off their desk as quickly as possible and turn them into a hero to their organization, their club, their department, then they're just like, yeah, Campus Inc's making us look really good, like making mm -hmm. me look really good. So I'm going to use them. I don't, I don't care. Uh, and vice versa. When something goes wrong, we jump right into it and we make sure we let them know we want the same thing. We're going to fix it. We're going to solve it and we're going to make it right. And, you know, that's, that's what we believe in. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today, Stephen. This was great. I appreciate this it. This is awesome. Appreciate uh, the ongoing conversation and thanks so much for following us over the years. We appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. All right. This is Teresa Hegel with um, ASI Media and this was Promo Insiders.